My name's Eric Lau, and I guess, you know, the answer to that, like, who am I, is I'm just a living being in the hue of a Chinese man. I think that's, that's who I am right now. <laughs> and um, I'm a music producer, a mix engineer, an educator. Uh, those are the things that I do here. I think examples is is it's just a volume of, of of my practice, you know, because I've been so occupied with other people's projects in the last few years. I think um, it's nice to be able to share my practice and you know, first word records kindly kind of asked me to do a project. I'm like, I haven't really got time to commit to a full record, full album. So, you know, I've got, I've got a whole bunch of ideas and stuff like that. So, you know, let me present it in this way. And, you know, I'm greatly influenced by, you know, Dilla and Madlib and Kareem and, and them. And I love listening to their practice. You know, they're all pieces of magic framed in, in a minute or so moment. And it tells, it, it says enough within that. You know, once music is shared, whether you know you're 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 here or you've passed on, you have no control on how people consume it or how people interpret it, like any art. Um, however, if you're if you are interested, then there's a wealth of of knowledge uh, and information to gain from from uh, understanding the kind of cultural impact and the music impact that he had through his work. So I'm really happy to always share his music to, to new listeners and and it's exciting. I wish I could unhear all his music and all other music that I like so I can listen to it again for the first time to get that feeling. So I'm excited to share, you know, his music and other people's music. But it's like if you really want to appreciate something sometimes you've got to look beyond the surface of the the branding of it for example like you know if you're gonna wear a michael jordan shoe and you you like the look of it and oh you know he was a great basketball player one of the greatest right and you're like okay cool let me look at his highlights on youtube oh my god amazing plays but what's the context of that play you know if it's uh, it was the first time he did a free throw down court. First time he, you know, flew in the air and changed hands, or you know, whatever technique he's using for a fadeaway. What impact did that have on the game? And you gotta understand, like when Dilla came with his drum program with a triple quest, and then like stakes is high, and then far side what that did to the landscape of music production at that time and till, till now. It changed the game, music production-wise. So when you see it in that context, it adds way more weight to, to his impact. And then, as I said, affecting the way people like Questlove and D'Angelo play their music. It's, it, it, and, you know, people like Robert Glasper, you know, 
and um, Chris Dave, etc., and the whole generation of musicians, the same way Michael Jordan did, and then Kobe, and then etc., with their game, it changes everything. I've done it previously before, like this Japanese label, Freedom School asked me to do like an up-tempo, uh, a 12-inch. So it was like, you know, under the name, the commissioner, and I just did two kind of house-tempo things for him. But in general, right now, um, I would still use my name. Like, I'm, I'm still in my infancy in terms of music, and I definitely want to touch upon other styles um, and I'm, I've been doing it for the last few years but because of my commitments to other projects uh, I haven't been able to do my, my own records that, that much but that's coming so you, you're going to hear a lot of different types of music and different sound palettes. Yusuf Kamal record. Um, Henry and Yusuf were looking for a particular sound and um, they're having a few difficulties so they came to me and asked if I could help. And uh, hearing their demos and then hearing what they wanted, I, I was confident I could get it.
that was kind of the first step into mixing other people's records. And then, um, you know, I met Jazzy Jeff and came, you know, into his situation uh, with the whole Playlist family. So we're doing jam sessions and we got some of the greatest musicians in the room. So I was trying to look for my role and, you know, I became um, the recording engineer for, for, for most of it. And, um, you know, kind of more traditional producer role. Um, and I felt really comfortable in that. And it was really nice for Jeff to kind of believe in me and to give me and to trust me in that role and I really embraced it. So being able to capture all that magic and then frame it became really good fun. And I was like, I really want to get good at this. I really want to learn and get good. So, you know, shout out to Jeff and, and you know, Kilo and Vidal, Davis and all the other play this you know musicians because they all encouraged me and empowered me to make me believe I could do it
And from then, you know, I got to record、um, the Playlist record and then、uh, Jeff's record there, and then built relationships with people like Masego and, and 14KT and people like that. And so I've mixed their records from now as well. That 
and doing the Yusuf Kamal, it led for other people to approach me, you know, saying that they want my sound, and it hasn't really stopped since then. And um, I'm enjoying it. You know, it, it's a different, it's a different hat, but I kind of take a lot of pride and joy in in fulfilling someone's vision. I always have as a producer, but as an engineer, stroke producer, it, it it's something really satisfying by sending someone the mix and then you you see them or hear them their reaction to how it comes out and that that to me is a, is a really good feeling. Thank you.
Uh, I haven't really been able to manage that balance <laughs> so far because it's been not non-stop mixing records for people for the last two years, and I'm missing making my own music. So um, I'm trying to spend, like, take out some time to focus on my record again. But all of that is positive because I've learned from working with other people's music intimately. It makes you a better musician makes you a better producer and artist by seeing that. So from all that I've learned, I can put it into my own projects, which is, you know, which is amazing. When I started till now, you know, there's an emphasis on what gear do you use, what equipment do you use, right? And at the end of the day, you know, I've been that young person looking at loads of equipment and then buying the wrong equipment and then not even using it. Or I've seen people have incredible studios with every piece of gear and I hear the music and it's not all that. So to me it's not about the equipment unless you know how to use it properly. It's more about the energy and the vibe of the piece of music and then how you frame it. A sound is a sound. There's lo-fi sound, there's hi-fi sound. But how do you how do you frame it? It's like, you know, a scanned image mixed with a high-res photo. And then, you know, you want to put it into a collage and then with a wooden frame. How do you best do that? And it's finding that balance. And it's the same with sound, I find. Um, of course, if you can capture the source with a film camera or a analog microphone and preamp and desk, at the beginning is always the best situation because you have high fidelity and you can manipulate it however you want. But if you haven't got those means, just make sure you make the most of what you have. I think that's that's how I see technology. And technology is getting, you know, it's making things easier for everyone, which is great. And in terms of portability, in terms of efficiency, uh, in terms of recall, you know, if you use all analog, 
and you record a mix you know you have to take a photo and take notes of each position of every piece of gear so you know it's a whole different process and not many people have that luxury to have that time or means to have a studio like that so if you can make the most of what you have as, as I said before and the vibe and the energy of the music is is telling the story that the artist envisioned that's the most important thing to me uh, right now um, but there's an ever going process you know like um, digital versus analog analog will always win because it's it's an infinite medium you know there's no gaps between the one and the zero in analog you can always find another fraction within that um, and there's an energy that it captures that digital will never capture you know like photography or film you see these high-res films and photos higher res than I than I can see but there's still the spirit of someone or an object is just not present within that in terms of the state of music in 2019 it's hard for me to say because I'm not really that present in terms of knowing what's going on uh, and there's so much music made previously this, this is endless you know they're so great that I'm still discovering now um, you know I, I don't really have um, a full pers perspective of to, to, to judge you know whether it's good or bad but I'm just happy that people are still creating, really. Like, um, I, can, I can delve into popular culture, but, you know, different generations of popular culture stem, you know, different seasons of sounds. And that's always been the way. You know, it's no different from jazz standard to everyone playing that standard to you know a trap drum kit that and pattern everyone's using it you know it's still a seasoned fashion right I think there's there's always been a part of me just being, you know, from Chinese ancestry, I've always wanted to kind of reconnect and learn more about my culture. Um, apart from exposure to Chinese culture from my family, uh, there wasn't really that much in terms of being uh, in England. It's a bit different to some other areas in the world like you know, New York or, or, or Toronto, Vancouver, when there's a big, big Chinese community. Um, within London, 
and the music scene especially, there's very few Chinese people. And um, having the opportunity to kind of travel through music and being booked in different places in, in China and Hong Kong, it allowed me to meet people with similar values and and ways of thinking that I've never had the opportunity to kind of access and to have that dialogue with with Chinese people here is is really enlightening to me because I've never had it before in my life as I said only with my family so I found I found it uh, an exciting opportunity to kind of embrace that and to learn my language as well you know I've never really been able to to read or write so I'm, you know I can speak Cantonese and I'm learning Mandarin now and uh, I feel really proud that I can at least speak some and understand some characters and and on top of that the kind of expression and the and the humor is different as well and I know that's intrinsic in me without knowing, you know, it's just there. So to be able to kind of be around that every day is, is, really, is really nice. So the transition's been really positive and uh, people that I've encountered who, who can see that I can't speak Chinese and can see I'm Chinese, the majority of people have been really positive, patient, encouraging. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for this opportunity and in terms of London and, and the West in general, you know, I've, be I've built lifelong friendships and relationships with people out there, so I'm always in contact with, with all of them and, you know, music will always bring us together, you know, that's, that's definitely not an issue and I can travel, you know, getting on the plane is no problem to me. It's something that I've known for a while, but we need to keep on reminding ourselves is, is, is that playing that position role. Um, whether it's in the studio dynamic or whether it's as a family member or in a relationship, you just gotta be aware of what position you're playing at that moment. And it's hard to always you know, it's hard to be aware all the time of what that is. And loving the basketball analogies again, it's like sometimes your role may be just, just playing deep for that, for that possession, for that quarter. Sometimes you need to step up and you, you, you need to score the ball or make a play. And sometimes you need to be the good teammate and encourage people, right? And sometimes you got to be the tactician and be aware of the opponent or the, the, the actual problem and break it down. So I think playing a position 
at whatever time it is and being aware of it and how to be able to respond to that. That's something we, we should all, I feel, practice and take a step back to see what it is that we need to do. Uh, and I think that's a forever going process. family, shout out to my lady, shout out to you for having me, shout out to um, my family in London, Kaidi, Digo, Okwesi, Rahel, Talia, uh, and the rest of the crew, uh, shout out to the Playlist family, Jeff, James, Daniel, Stro, Steve, everyone, like everyone. Um, shout out to my Asia crew, shout out to my South Africa crew. Um, there's, there's too many, I can just, there's endless. Shout out to all the people supporting good music in general. I think I've gone past 30 seconds.